Short sellers are the market's police officers. If short selling were to go away, the market would levitate even more than it currently does. Seth Klarman Man's time here is finite, but the influence of a man is infinite. The question is what shall we do with the daylight that remains? What's up, everyone? I know it's been a minute since I was on, but you know how I am. I get on these runs, I do these videos, and I disappear for a minute, and then I come back and I get on a run, right? So we're here we are, we're back. Today I wanna to talk to you about, should I short the stock market? There's a lot of things wrong with the economy right now, a lot of indicators suggesting that maybe you should and you could make your billion dollars just like uh, a few people did in 2008. But before you go shorten the market, let's just talk about both sides here. So first of all, basically since the 80s, the interest rate has been dropping every time the, the economy slows down. We drop the interest rate, stimulates economy. Because when money is cheap to borrow, people borrow more. And when you borrow more, you have more money to spend than you would have had you just relied on your uh, standard incomes, right? So when people have money, they spend money. That's just human nature. <laughs> so you make cheap, you make money cheaper to borrow. People borrow more. They spend more. One person's spending is another person's income. The economy tends to just, you know, sort of have this nice little uh, boom. And so, that's, that's how that's been going. In the 80s, the interest rate was way up around the 20s, 22% interest rate, something like that. And we've basically just been dropping it ever since every time we need a little boost to the economy. Well, so since 2008, it's basically been zero. We, we bottomed it out in 2008. It crept up to about 2.5%, bottomed it out again during the pandemic. And so that has kind of been used up. It's not very uh, wise to go into negative interest rates for the government, right? Causes other problems. So let's just say that that method of stim economic stimulus is no longer in our bag of tricks. So what's next? The government prints money, right? The Treasury can create bonds and sell those to the Fed who can print money and therefore there's more money to go around. They can distribute that to the people. Stimulus checks, and that stimulates the economy because those who uh, basically were most, uh, you know, filling the debt burden the most, who had either middle class or low low class incomes, um, suddenly have a little extra spending money. So they spend spend that money, stimulates economy. Well, we've been printing money now for a year and a half, and I don't know how many stimulus checks they've actually printed and sent out, but it's been a lot of money right? Several trillion dollars in the last two years. So how much more of that can we do before it starts causing real problems? So those two things are getting to a point where it's a little alarming. Um, lastly, the real growth in, in GDP or economic growth. Uh, so there's inflated growth and then there's, you know, actual growth. And the real growth of the market over the last decade or so has actually been lower than um, historical averages, despite all these stimulus efforts. 
So that's also scary, right? So you add all these things up and it seems like we're headed for a big time um, market crash or even depression, right? So if that's the case, you would want to short the stock market. I know some people like Harry Dent, for example, he's, he's saying the market's going to tank like 48, 49%. In that case, you would wish you were short, right? However, there's other people like Kathy Woods who say that we are in an, a pivotal time for the economy where certain industries are making a switch. So one example that's easy to understand is she says that most emerging markets don't really take off and accelerate at an alarming rate until they've hit about a 20% mark, meaning uh, let's just take online shopping. Most people still shop physical stores in malls, grocery stores, et cetera, right? They like the leisure shopping. They like to see it in person, handle it before they get it, buy it. They know they can return it to their store that they shop at, right? Well, now, as of, I think she said, 2020, um, 20% of shopping was done online. So they finally just hit that threshold where it's going to accelerate much faster. So now people are going to adopt online shopping at a faster rate and do more like, you know, 50, 60, 70% shopping online. So if we've only hit that threshold in a few industries like online shopping, maybe a couple emerging markets might be clean energy companies, right? For a long time, the cost difference between, you know, coal and solar or wind or whatever was a massive gap, not even not even close. And it's still a big gap, but it is getting closer. Plus, there's a lot of stimulus towards that stuff. So uh, there may be an emerging market there that's going to take over electric cars, right? A huge market in vehicles may be going through this industrial revolution type change where we're going from cars that run on gas to cars that run on electricity and all the industries that are affected around that. We're only getting to a point where that's about to break through. I know a lot of people are driving Teslas now, but that's just a small percentage when you really look at the numbers, but it may be getting there, right? So she's basically saying there's going to be certain industries that skyrocket over the next handful of years while other industries crumble. So we'll have sort of, I believe they call it a K-shaped market, uh, right? Where some skyrocket while some go bankrupt. And so uh, she's saying that scenario is coming. So if that's the case, how, how daring do you want to be with your short? Also, there doesn't seem to be any specific uh, market sector standing out as the problem child of this bubble, right? In 2008, as we were coming up to 2008, many of the big investors could see that the housing market was a problem. The types of loans that they were giving out to people that had no income or low income could not sustain these. There were so many houses in default for several years that it became obvious the housing market could not be sustained in this in that um, environment. And eventually it broke, right? The bubble was huge. It burst and poof, it came crashing down. Well, that that was the main thing, right? And it affected the banks. So then there was the banks and then a couple other industries sort of um, that were struggling, got drug into the fire and 
that was, there were a handful of holes we needed to fill as sort of from the government's perspective to keep the economy afloat. We had to fill a few holes. So once you fill those holes, the market can recover and things, right? Well, if you were going to short the market, you wanted to see, you, you would have been one of those people that saw the housing market is going to break. And that's what I'm going to short is these specific sectors. Well, today, at least to my knowledge, I don't see a specific sector that's at fault here. It's sort of a, a general global bubble that we're facing. So which companies are going to be agile enough to get through this and which ones are not is really difficult to say. But I do think in this fast-paced global business world that we live in, where a lot of it is done virtual and businesses are staying more agile than ever before, I think it's very difficult to sort of put your finger on which things are just going to tank versus which things will sustain and which ones will benefit, right? So I I know I probably teased you with this title saying, should I short the market? Personally, I'm afraid of shorting the market because you can lose more than all your money. Uh, there may be some uh, emerging markets that you could get into. Um, Ray Dalio has some really interesting charts that he he's happily sharing as he's in, in his phase of his career where he wants to share his knowledge. America has followed the path of many other countries and before we were the emerging market when the Great Depression was happening. And so all the sort of collapse ended up benefiting us, the emerging world power. We are now kind of on the downturn of the um, of from our prime. And there are other potential emerging markets that may benefit from a global collapse and become a new superpower as far as the financials go. Those may be better opportunities to put your money in where you won't have as much risk, but you may have a lot of upside. So that's more what I would do is diversify your income, get some money in other overseas accounts that seem to be emerging markets. Um, don't, don't count out America, though. We've got a lot of great companies here that are going to, to thrive in the future. And so I would just spread it around. Make sure you've got, got a little bit of kind of every sort of asset. The goal in a big time re, uh, crash is to not lose money, right? You're not usually trying to make a ton of money. You're trying not to lose money so that when things sort of bottom out and settle down, you've still got a lot of capital to to taking advantage of the deals that exist. So I'm not going to make the decision for you. I know of a few big dogs that are already starting to go short in the market. And to me, that is risking it as big as you can. So anyway, have fun with that, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Hey, thanks for listening to the entire episode. As a token of gratitude, I want to give you a discount on my book, Ingrained. Head over to bronsonwilkes.com store and download Ingrained for less than a dollar with the coupon code GOALS, G-O-A-L-S.